Cause I got a peaceful, easy feeling and I know you won't let me down cause I'm already standing on the ground. That's from a song called peaceful, easy feeling by the Eagles from 1972 self-titled album. How's everyone doing today? How are you, Joe? Not bad. How are you, my friend? Doing pretty well. We're recording on a Saturday for the first time. We usually record on a Friday night. Um, so we're doing it Saturday this week. Um, that's the end of my work week anyway, is Saturday. I'm off on Sunday. Um, so it's cool. You know, it's, we open up the show with peaceful, easy feeling. Uh, I got a little peaceful, easy feeling knowing that I don't have to work tomorrow, knowing that I completed a full week of work. Um, and, you know, we talked about what Lyric wanted to open up with this week. And, you know, you mentioned peaceful, easy feeling by the Eagles. And, you know, I'm wondering, what were you thinking? You know, I heard it for the first time in a dog's age. I heard it. Uh, this week and there was a time back in the late 70s when i probably listened to uh those guys quite a bit and you know just you know even into the 80s at some point at some point you like any other artist you get away or you go here you go there and i heard peaceful easy feeling the other day and it just reminded me of how great that song was and how great that band was um but the last words when you know when the last phrase there he said well you know he says, cause I'm already standing on the ground. He's, you know, I'm already standing on the ground. What does that mean in that song? To me, he was talking about having his expectations in check. He was trying yeah, to tell her like a, a metaphor, right? Like, you know, he was like a metaphor, right? He, he, obviously, literally, his feet were presumably on the ground, but he's yeah. talking about metaphorically is talking about, you know, I'm already firmly entrenched here. You're not going to break my heart, baby. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. I'm good. It would be nice if we could make something out of this, but if not, don't worry about it because I've been here before and I'll survive. So realistic expectations was, was, was one thing. And the only other thing when I really, it's, it kind of secondary, but it's a really important virtue, um, that I struggle with, what a lot of people struggle with. Um, but having your feet on the ground metaphorically has another meaning too. Uh, and it's basically being humble, humility having your feet on the ground. And like I said, it's a virtue. Um, the man from Nazareth, I'm not going to get too religious, but the man from Nazareth talked, talked about it quite a bit. Um, he himself got down on his feet before the last supper and started to wash the feet of his disciples, his apostles. And they were arguing with him. You don't do that. You don't do that. He says, no, I have to do this. If you don't let me do this, you and I are done. Well, you know, he said to Peter and Peter's looked at him and said, okay, fine, fine, Lord. So even the man from Nazareth um, was talking about humility and he explained that I'm giving you an example here of humility. And this is what you all should do. Take care of each other. Watch each, wash each other's feet. Yeah. So to speak, you got me help each other. You got me thinking when you said the thing about the washing each other's feet, um, Villanova was in the final four in 2016. Um, they were in Houston and, uh, Jay Wright, they were at like a pre-team meeting, a pre-meal or something like that. And coach Wright, our former coach, a legendary hall of famer, Jay Wright, um, decided, I think it was him who decided it's in his book called, his book is called attitude. It's one of the best books I've ever read. Um, it's attitude by Jay Wright, but they, he talked about how he had the players wash each other's feet with iced tea. Now, I don't know why it was iced tea. You know, it could have been water instead, whatever. I don't know, you know, semantics and the details right. behind it and why they chose iced tea. But it was like a very, like, close moment. Next thing you know, players and coaches are, like, washing each other's feet. Now, I can see how this can be judged by other people, thinking, oh, Villanova basketball is weird. Jerry Wright's weird. Why are they washing each other's feet? But let me tell you, we won the national title that year. Uh, we won again in 2018. You know, we were back in 2021 last year and Jerry Wright's last year. Um, well, 2022 this year, actually, um, you know, but these little things, little things like that, he probably knows that story about the Jesus of Nazareth. Well, uh, first of all, each other's feet. so that's, and it's a religious right. Augustinian school. Thank you. So, you know, took, it's one took of those the words out of my mouth. Yeah. The lesson, the lesson was already in his mind somewhere. And, uh, I think, I don't know if it, cause they also have a, a, a priest who travels with the team. His name is father Rob. Um, so I have to double check the book and see if it was father Rob's idea or Jay's or a combination, but, uh, you got me thinking, you know, just the idea of just like washing your fellow man's feet, 
right um, and here washing other human beings feet and you're not getting paid for it you know and that's the whole thing and the whole thing really it, it you know in in uh, in israel and nazareth and that part of the world at that time when you had sandals on and you were walking from place to place you acquired a, quite a bit of dust on your feet and those folks would go to sit down to eat dinner and basically you walked into someone's house and there would be someone there to wash your feet and usually it went to the most lowly place like you know the 11 year old kid you know what? Hey, come on. We have guests wash their feet. I went to the most. That's why when Christ went to do that, Peter said, whoa, 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 you're not doing that. Like out of respect. And Christ said to him in so many words, I'm not going to quote anything. He said it differently, of course, because, but he said in so many words, oh, I have to do this and you have to let me do it. Otherwise we're, we're, we're no longer going to, you know, we're done because this is important. And he requested then Peter said, Please, Lord, go ahead, do it. So he washed her feet and says, I am giving you of an, ex- an example of how to basically look after one another and to hell with pride and all that stuff. Be humble, be, be humble, you know, express humility. Um, there, there, it's all over the place in, in scripture. And you know me, I don't think everything in the Bible is true. I've said this many times. I, I can almost be assured in my gut because, but that's, that's where you have to assess the Bible. You're going to buy the whole thing or some of it. I buy some of it. The things that Christ said, I buy. I, I really do. And he said, you know, when you go to a banquet, sit in the back and wait to be invited up front. Right? He who humbles himself will be exalted. He who exalts himself will be humbled. I mean, it, the Bible is littered with uh, stories about this and how, yeah, uh, how important always, it is. Uh... And it's it's tough though. It's tough sometimes because we're human. But go ahead. Talking about being humble, um, a thing that I read years ago um, to look out for with people is how does how does like the boss and how does the people with a lot of money how do they treat the waitstaff? How do they treat the janitor? Are they treating the janitor just as friendly and just as nice as they are their fellow like board members and high ranking officials? Um, You can tell a lot about a person about how they treat uh, workers who aren't making a lot of money and things like that. Um, humbling no yourself doubt. and having that built-in uh, characteristic, um, you know, to treat everyone with respect, no matter if they can offer you something, if they can't offer you something. Because a lot of people think everything's transactional. They think, you know, why am I being nice to this person? What can they do for me? Even if it's subconscious, they're always thinking about themselves and what can they get out of that um, interaction. Um, so the idea of like washing another person's feet, uh, especially if a CEO washes like a janitor's feet, or just being super friendly and asking how their day was and being genuinely interested um, yes. and not yes. just looking down on people. Um, yes. It's a very good characteristic to have. It's, it's a tremendous, tremendous virtue to have. It's, it's, it's something that I hold, uh, hold very dear to this day, the Pope. Um, and look again, I'm not, you know, me and with most folks that know me and maybe listen, I'm not, su- I'm not super religious, but I'm spiritual. I'm about the man from Nazareth. I'm not about a lot of the dogma that surrounds him because that was, that was basically, you know, brought on by men, just like you and I that sat around and said, let's make this rule. Let's make this rule. Let's make that. But I'm not going to get into that to this day. The Pope once a year, forget when it is, but the Pope once a year gets a, a 12 people just people from the street and from other you know places just to come from modest means and he personally washes their feet this is every year in the vatican once once a year was well, one day a year that the pope actually does this and that's why he does it and you know there's that old thing that's uh it's matthew twenty five forty that whatever if you do that whatever if you do to any one of the least of my brothers you do to me he said that. He said, whatever you do to any one of the least of my brothers, not some of, but any one of the least of my brothers, you do unto me. What he was saying was, he is me. I am you. You are, we're connected is what he was saying. We're connected so closely that you would, it, it would blow your mind how closely connected we are. One philosopher once said, when he looks into the eyes of another human being, he feels like he's seeing a different version of himself. That's how connected he was. Yeah. That's so a great, I, I, great way I, to look at it. Cause it, if you have the, if you have the natural ability to empathize with others, empathize is being able to walk in someone else's shoes. Yes. Um, so whenever you're trying to figure someone out, um, just, you know, picture what it's like to walk in their shoes, even if it's just for a day or a moment, just be like, what is it like to be them for that? You know, and then it can really just give you a whole mind blowing um, perspective on 
each individual you meet. Yes, uh, indeed, sir. Um, I want to say the song that we started out with is by the Eagles. Um, they were a great band. And uh, basically the two main members that everyone knows is Glenn Frey, Glenn Frey. Uh, yeah, and Don Fry. Henley, but Glenn Fry died in 2016, and Don Henley's still still alive. Um, but I didn't realize they're really this like an awesome band. If you actually look up, they had like five number one singles, and they they kind of were a big deal in the 70s for sure. And I went through their self titled album today, and some of their greatest hits, and there are songs that I know that I just forgot about. You know? That's the, and that's what sparked me the other day, and I'm hearing the beginning of that too. I like the way your sparkling earrings lay against your skin so brown, and I want to sleep with you in the desert tonight with a billion stars all around. And it was whoa, whoa, and it, it reminded me not only of that time, but also some some personal memories that it actually did bring back. Well, except for the desert, but so it's, it's really some just some all nice stuff. But I wanted to say about the Eagles is they were they were nice and they were sh- strummy and they were they were really nice. Uh, a sound and then all they were right a like real like, a so, like yeah like a softer desperado, desperado. Like, like all those nice songs and they were cool like peaceful easy feeling like uh take it to the limit sing, like all that stuff hotel california too well that's what i was just gonna say oh, man and joe walsh was not a member of that band originally in 1976 77 he went and joined the eagles and I can remember my brother saying, Joe Walsh just joined the Eagles. It's like the charge of electricity they needed. He said, mark it down. That next album is going to be Dynamite. And here that next album was was, was wonder, Hotel California. I wonder if that was before. Uh, he has a song called like Life's Been Good. And that's just a classic song. I wonder if that was, Life's Been Good came before he joined the Eagles. I'm almost certain it was after Hotel California. Life's Been Good was like around 1978. I, I'm, I'm almost certain. Um okay. Or I mean, Rocky Mountain Way. If you ever heard Rocky Mountain Way, that's before he joined um, the Eagles. I mean, it was yeah. just this thunderous guitar, and like he could pick it like like nobody could. Yeah. Um, and in in that Hotel California album, there are a lot of riffs where he's just it's unbelievable. Life in the Fast Lane is one. Even Hotel California, he gets wailing on that thing. But you know, the one thing about what I wanted to say about Hotel California. Every time I talk about Hotel California, yeah. I have to get, pay homage to the last song. The last song on that album is called The Last Resort. Please, everybody, if you're listening, you'd like anything about the Eagles, listen to that last song because I'm telling you, it's the best song on that album, and that album is legendary. But The Last Resort, it's sort of like I'm back into it. playlist right now. I it's my playlist. It's, it's, it, he, it's not only the words, like we were talking the other day, the words are poetry, but the melody is really nice, too. And it, it's sort of like leans a little bit back to the eagles dna like a softer type of thing but it's really really cool the last song on the album appropriately named the last resort yeah because there's there's another famous song called last resort by papa roach Uh, that's that's not i don't don't know i know i know know. i'm just i'm just you know connecting the names of the song here Mm -hmm. um that song is freaking fantastic and will get you super charged up if everyone needs a, a gym song to work out last resort by papa roach uh, but anyway, yeah, I think there was one. Wasn't there one in the late nineties too? Um, suffocation, no breathing. Yeah, that's, that's is, last resort. That's oh, last is that, resort. I see. That's I don't know who Papa. Roach. Yeah. I don't know who Papa Roach was oh, from 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 Bing Crosby from from uh, you know. It's what you know. One thing I really like about. Um, but I know I have, that song. You know, my parents are still alive, and I have uncles and aunts. Talking to the older generation, and I love how they give you insights into like the music during their time, and that the fact that they were alive. And because I love the classic rock music, so the fact that you yeah. guys were alive during that time period and you were living it, um, and consuming this music, you know, on the radio mostly and your vinyl records, um, I wish I can go back in time and like you know live in the seventies during the classic rock because that was like the golden era of music. But it's it's amazing, like being friends with older people and like hearing the stories, like just by you referencing. Oh, I think that was like 1978 and this and that, and, and like man, it's like the you know for people who don't you know interact with older people and the, if they're younger and you think like older people are boring, it's not true at all. Asking the right questions and you could talk to them for hours and hours about all sorts of things. That is true, and I don't mind you since since you are some so much younger than i i'm 36 I don't mind you. i'm not a, you know i'm not a spring chicken here but you know just to I'm, I'm, well i'm 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 older than 36 but uh, older than you uh, i'm not quite in the older bin yet but <laughs> i'm older than you are that's certainly true but uh but it's cool it's cool but from your reference point you know older people but see when i hear older people in my ears i'm thinking in their mid-70s and stuff so 
Um, yeah. you know, well, no, I mean, you know, because you yeah, have no, pers- it's cool. Because if you're, you're talking to me, who you know, you got like twenty something years on me, right? And it's like, right. you know, the perspective, all the years that you were living, and I was not even an embryo, and I was not even, you know, in a thought of being born in this universe. Um, you were existing and living a whole life, like you, you yeah. know, high school and college. It's like, wow, it's like this. Yeah. People, you know, it's like the the shit that you, you know, got to experience is like a different level, you know. You know what's funny is, and it, well, it's you know, I was a little bit of a rambunctious uh, young fella, and my dad, uh, rather than have me roaming wherever the hell I wanted to roam for summer vacation, he got me a little, you know, a little gig. He worked in. He was a cabinet maker, so he did woodwork in the shop, and it was a warehouse too. To the to, to the it was lumber for home builders. Basically, he was a cabinet maker, uh, but they had a whole warehouse full of like plywood and sheets and two by fours and materials and blah 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 blah. So I was out there, um, and I went out there just you know stacking wood or straightening up and things like that. You know, I'm a young you know, young buck, eighth grade or whatever it was in the summers, but he wanted to keep an eye on me, which was probably a, a smart, <laughs> smart move on his part. But I can remember uh, that song coming on the radio and like a DJ saying something about brand new from Joe Walsh. Life's been good to me so far. And it was just, you hear a song and it takes you right back sometimes, right yep. back to a certain it's place. A so yeah, so we're talking 1978, if I'm not mistaken, if it's either 77 or 78, I'm almost certain it was 1978 and um yeah it, it, it took me right back there it's it's just neat how music and sometimes some some songs can really zero it in but um now nah, it's all it's all good yeah i know what you mean because my favorite you know me my favorite the alpha and the omega is the rolling stones and jagger and that whole thing. And I feel like th- the way you feel toward what you just said, the music of my, I kind of feel that way because I missed the front end of that. I, I met, you know, I listen, I, I had my Stones records on from the time I was, you know, a kid. And listen, but it was still before my time. I mean, you know, I was born in 64. So, I mean, I'm born in 64. Uh, most of what they were doing and really ripping it up was you know was during the time of my birth to like six or seven years old you know so i really didn't know then what was you know so i always felt the way you just expressed the way you felt about you know that era i kind of felt the same way uh about that british invasion and the beatles and the stones and the who yeah. i still loved all three of those they're they're, they're my top yeah. three there's the- actually uh an excellent documentary um about the beatles on disney plus it's called get back I started watching it. It's just a ton of footage um, from of the, the recording. Beatles, yeah. From the Beatles. And it's just like, you, you see, just watching these legends, like just coexist and interact together. You don't even need a documentary person, like, like narrating. You can just like watch them, like observe and like, see how they like, you're getting the songs together and recording and talking. It's like, that's better than any like documentary and biography that you can read. Just like, and this, this is like, you know, this documentary has a ton of footage. It's crazy. I've heard that it was excellent and I, it, it's long though. So I want to sit down when I can really like binge it and watch the whole thing. Cause I think there are three or four episodes each, like an hour and a half longer or something like that. Yeah, I looked at yeah. it and it was mega hours. So I want to watch it, but I want to make sure I can binge it. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, so I just got a breaking alert that they just announced the Heisman trophy winner. We're going to talk about sports a little bit later, but I just want to congratulate Caleb Williams, the quarterback from USC. Uh, I believe he has like 37 touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, he's only a sophomore. He was a true freshman last year for Oklahoma. Then he transferred uh, to USC when the coach um, Lincoln Riley went to USC, but you know, he was a clear cut winner for the Heisman. It seems like, and he won. So congratulations, Caleb. Yes, sir. Um, I don't watch a ton of college football. I don't watch don't, a ton I of it either. Don't have the time, but um, there are people that I know who are like hyping him up, you know, also people from California. They're like, oh, this guy's the best prospect they've ever seen. He's amazing. Well, uh, out of that school. That's rare. So well, that I do know. Well, I mean, well, USC, I think they've had like, this is like their 10th Heisman winner or something crazy like that. Like they had no, like, I mean, a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, well, they had Carson it's not, Palmer. It's not a quarterback factory, if you know what yeah, I mean. It really is. It's a new era, but they also did back in the day. They had like Carson Palmer, but um, the new coach Lincoln Riley came <laughs> from Oklahoma, and they gave him like this crazy deal, and he had no choice but to take the deal, pretty much. But from Oklahoma to California, and he took Caleb with him, so you know, could be a nice little string because he apparently he's like a good offensive mind and whatnot. Um, it could be a nice, uh, you know, 
Caleb Williams, the thing about college, they can't just jump to the pros. So if he's a true sophomore, he can't go to the pros next year. He's got to wait, I think, another year. Um, so it's going to be fun to watch this guy develop and possibly become a NFL quarterback for sure. But I just wanted to touch on that really quick because obviously it's breaking news. Um, this is yeah. not, the show is not going to be released till later. Um, so I mean, you never know. Maybe people will find out about the Heisman winner during our show, which is pretty cool too. Um, yeah. but I also wanted to, uh, uh, talk about the, the, so- the famous soccer writer, Grant Wall, who, uh, suddenly died last night in Qatar covering the yeah. world cup, yeah. uh, horrible tragedy. Um, he, he's like really well-respected in the, in the writing industry. His niche is soccer. Uh, I didn't read a ton of his stuff, but I, you know, I know of him and he wrote like a cover story for sports illustrated about LeBron James when LeBron James was in high school. Um, so LeBron James put a nice uh, note out there to commemorate uh, Grant wall. Uh, I don't want to get too cynical here, but he had bronchitis and he had been feeling sick. So he had been resting when he wasn't working, when he wasn't covering the world cup, he'd been resting in his hotel room and stuff. Um, you know, the first day there, he wore, he wore, his brother is gay. He wore a gay rights shirt to the game and then they detained him and made him take it off. And it was a big issue. And then he wrote an article about migrant workers being mistreated at the world cup. Um, so he did some things that rubbed people the wrong way. And he was in another, you know, he's in another foreign country. So you don't know, they have their own laws there. Um, and they're not everyone's as sophisticated as America. People just suddenly die and disappear, which is horrible. And I'm not saying that he he was killed because he had bronchitis. So, you know, there's the, there's, he also could have had side effects from the vaccine, probably not the vaccine, but getting bronchitis, not everyone survives. You know, I don't know how dangerous bronchitis is, but, but the crazy part about it is he had, he did his podcast the day before Uh, he tweeted like a couple hours before he died. He was completely fine, but he did say in the podcast, I think it's called like the Grant wall, the football show or something with Grant wall football spelled F U T B O L. Um, right. He talks about like not feeling that good. So, you know, the cynical mind wants to think, okay, he supported gay rights. He spoke out against the workers. They got rid of him. They made a statement. Uh, even if it wasn't the government, it could have been some other people there who just, you know, killed them. That's extreme. And I'm not willing to say definitively whether he was killed or not. Yeah. That's died, he could have easily died of natural causes and it could be total coincidence, but I want to, you know, people to remember that this guy was only 48 years old. He was married um, you know, he was just an up and coming star, even though he's 48, he was still, you know, cause soccer is a growing game. And he, he was responsible for really, you know, growing the game of soccer in America. He was really like influential. Um, so it's just unfortunate that he died. It, I hate thinking that he possibly could have been killed. I don't know this, but he did have bronchitis. So it could have just been natural causes probably was, but, um, no, th- yeah, well- it's sad. Another thing, it is sad. And the only thing I thought too, Sean, when I heard about this and I heard about he's, he, he, they said he was telling everyone that he went to the hospital the day before because he had bronchitis and you know, chest pains and blah, 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 blah. He was telling everyone that we don't really know if this man had a lot more going on physically in terms of, you know, being sick because a lot of people, they keep that stuff. They keep it really well hidden. Uh, until but you know, until... the thing that the thing that makes me like believe that I'm I'm gonna let you continue in a second. But his brother is gay, and his brother put out a very like sad video on like Twitter or social media, saying that like his brother was definitely killed. So you know, if anybody knew that he had like a serious condition, it would probably be his brother, unless he hid it from his brother. That's you know, that's me just kind of you know saying that angle. But you know, that's I'm just saying it, it's possible that well, he had he a condition was more, he didn't know about. He could he, have or, or, yeah, that he, he didn't know about, or he was more sick than he let on. Or it is possible. You are right. You, you, I thought that too. That that. Geez, I wonder. I wonder what you know what really happened there. And like I said, I was talking to someone just yesterday about that. It was just, just in the hallway and just talking about this and that. And I said, uh, you know. Uh, let's just say this, that the circumstances surrounding his death are still yet to be determined. You know, let's just, let's just put it that way. Yeah. It's just, you yeah. know, it's, just, it's very sad and um, you know, it's heartbreaking for the family. You know, they're, they're dealing with it more than anybody else. And it's not really everyone else's job to, you know, accuse and condemn a whole country and thinking that thinking the worst thing possible that they killed them. But you know, if you're putting the pe- the puzzle pieces together, um, where there's you know there's yeah. some smoke and not necessarily there's a fire, but the combination of the gay rights thing because they had Qatar had shot down the FIFA 
players players in the countries from uh wearing like rainbow wristbands and stuff to support gay rights because it's you know in foreign countries like that in certain um religions and whatnot they're really just like anti-gay um so he he all he ruffled some feathers then he put out an article anyone can read the article it's about like the migrant workers and whatnot he's got a site i think it's called grantwall.com wall is spelled w-a-h-l um and you know it could have just been a, a crazy coincidence, you know, the, because everyone thinks he was murdered just because these things happened. Um, you know, and I'm sure Qatar is happy that they're hosting the world cup and they don't want to, you know, they want to host it again in the future. I, I, even if this didn't happen, they're probably never going to host the world cup again, just because it's been a mess uh, with a lot of different things going on. Also, it has to take place in the like winter here, you know, usually the world cup's in the summer, but yeah, I wanted to just, you know, a guy passes away and it's a current event. The world cup's going on. I feel like we have to mention it on the show. Oh yeah. Without question. Um, but on the, you know, better things, um, we're, are going to highlight an actress today, not an actor, actor, so an actor, but not a male. We're going to do a female today. Um, cause we love female actresses. Um, we have respect for all, uh, genders and, you know, the first couple of shows, we just did a couple of actors that were on the top of our mind and, but we're going to mix it up for sure. So today we're doing Viola Davis. Um, Joe, you really like Viola Davis. And why do you really like her? You know, I, I like her for her longevity. She's been around a long time. And I like her for her um, versatility. She's really, uh, really versatile, versatile, very talented. And um, to boot all that, she's a cutie too, I think. Anyway, let me give you. I'm going to give you my five Viola Davis movies. Just then again, this is my top five, okay? Everything's subjective, everybody. I mean, there, there, there are myriad movies that she did that I still want to see, okay? So don't, don't jump all over me, all right? Here we go. Five, Disturbia. She was a hard-nosed detective in that with some, with some real swag. This was early on in her career. The movie was really cool. I liked it. It's back. To, it's, I bet you it's, it's close to 20 years ago. All right. Four, Antoine Fisher. She had a very short role in this movie, but her body language and her mannerisms are legendary in that scene when he goes to meet his mother. And she was his mother in that movie. So five, Disturbia. Four, Antoine Fisher. Three was a movie called Doubt. And she won an Oscar for her role in yep, Doubt. One of my favorite actors, Philip Seaver Hoffman was in that. He's one of my favorite actors. He also yeah. died. We're going to spotlight yeah. him one show for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. She played played the role of a concerned parent. And again, look, I'm a Catholic dude. And we're all, we're, we, this comes up in conversation quite a bit, but it was a movie. It was a damn good movie about the corruption of some, some, that 2% that I talked about. So let's not punish the 98% of good priests for the 2% of, you know. So, um, but Hoffman, as you call him, as a, he played the role of a priest that was um, abusive to. Yeah, but it didn't like from what I remember, like the whole movie never. You didn't really know the answer the whole movie, right? It was like a mystery. I think at the very end, she don't, looked don't at spoil him. It, don't spoil yeah, it for anybody. I, but I, 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 well, let's just say it's safe to say um, that. Let me let me put it to you this way. She, Viola Davis played the role of a mother of a kid who was under the tutelage of a priest that was very, very, very um, suspicious in his mannerisms and the things yeah. that he said, the things that he did. Um, so and I think it was warranted as a viewer of the movie. Um, so she won an Oscar for her role in Doubt. OK, yep. then the next one is a movie called The Help. And the help was was about. I had to see that movie. I've never seen it. It's about house. It was a fantastic movie. It's about something that that, that irritates me but fascinates me. It's the the nineteen you know 60. the old South nineteen forties fifties sixties. This play took place in the nineteen sixties in the South, um, and she played the role of a woman who would go to someone else's house all day and clean and do things like that. Um, you know, housekeeping chores, look after the kids, sort of like a nanny role. Um, but it showed the world from her vantage point and the things she had to deal with. 
and the struggles that she had. And that's not an easy thing to do. But folks down there at that time had limited education, limited means, and particularly women at that time. So they did what they had to do. And um, it just gives you a real close-up look uh, at the life of one of those housemaids in the 1960s in the Deep South. Couldn't be a, it couldn't be um, an easy thing to have done. The number one, and she won another Oscar for her role playing the wife of Denzel Washington in a movie called The Fences, which was also, I understand, I understand they did a play like on in New York on Broadway or whatever, but I watched the movie called Fences. Yeah, I saw it. It's a fantastic movie, and she just shattered the screen on this thing. Um, so she played his wife, and he was a sanitation worker in, I believe it was Pittsburgh, um, in like the 1920s, 1930s. And the stuff that she had to endure as the wife of this joker uh, again, because I guess, you know, limited yeah, was, opportunity. I, I saw it. Wasn't it? I remember there was like infidelity, right? Wasn't there infidelity? Yeah, there was. Okay. There was. But she won an Oscar for that, too. So I'm going to run it to you down again. Number five, Disturbia. Four, Antoine Fisher. Three, Doubt. Two, The Help. And one, Fences. That is yeah, subjective. Uh, That's my opinion. She, she is a, she's a phenomenal actress. And the thing about it, she's been around, I think, the, since the early 90s. She started off in theater. She went to the Juilliard School. Um, you know, but she she she's she has the triple. She's the only African-American to achieve the triple crown of acting. Now, the triple crown of acting is an Academy Award, a Primetime Emmy Award and a Tony Award. And she's achieved that. And my my what I really noticed her first was, you know, was uh, How to Get Away with Murder on ABC, a show that aired from about 2014 yeah. to 2020. Yeah. That's where I, because she was like this really like intense, like professor, law school professor. And this was around the time that I was in law school. Um, and I was just very impressed with her um, and her acting and how vulnerable she was willing to be. Um, and all these little things that they showed, you know, when she wasn't around her students, when she was in her house with her husband, I believe it was an interracial marriage um, from what I remember. Um, but, you know, she, when she's on screen, you're paying attention. That's all I can say. You know, you're paying attention and, you know, she's, she's so, you know, she does a lot, she's done a lot of theater. So people, have, people have been seeing Broadway for years and theater probably knew of her, but it's great that she's finally, you know, getting the, the respect that she deserves. Cause even her Academy award was for like a supporting uh, actress type of role. Um, right. So, but she, I think she has two Tony, Tony awards are the, for, for theater. I think she has actually two Tony awards. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things she's captivating when she's on screen. It's like, you need to, what is this? You know, she makes you believe whatever she's saying. And that's what an actor should do. Right. And there's, there's the, just recently I saw an ad, I haven't seen it yet, but the woman King or the lady King or whatever the, the name of the new one is. I, looks I, like I a- saw it in theaters. I'll be honest with you. I didn't like the movie at all. I thought I thought it was kind of it's a bad, boring movie. And I've seen okay. a lot of movies this year. Right. Um, nothing against her. No, well, she's and, not going to bat a thousand. And I again, think, that's you know, subjective on your part too, because other people may those dig it. That, I think the, the movie is up for like an Academy Award. It's going to be, and I don't know why, because you know we can I can rant at it another day. I didn't really like the Woman King, but that's you know, but then nothing to really do with her. That that was her role, and she was in a movie. She's she's not the one who wrote the you know made the whole movie and is responsible for the whole thing, but. Um, yeah, she was in Woman King recently, but I just didn't like it. And she's in another one that is with the Suicide Squad. Is that the name of it or something like that? What's the name of the the squad? Uh, so there's was she in Suicide Squad? She, does she play like the cop in Suicide Squad? Well, yeah, she, she yeah, she plays a tough cookie. Now I haven't seen either one. Everybody's like, oh, now I just haven't seen either one yet. Um, it looked like I got to be in the right frame of mind to watch that kind of stuff. But I saw a clip from her in that, and I heard rave reviews about her yeah, in that she's actually in another like kind of superhero show called the peacemaker peacemaker yeah. with with uh john cena um mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter like she doesn't have to have a big role in a, like a movie or a show or a theater or you know she's gonna make her mark oh yeah yeah she's got a, she's got a way about her a presence um but uh in especially like i said in fences that's just that was like wow Look at that. That's unbelievable. 
So I like that we move around a little bit and, uh, you know, represent, represent everybody. Yeah. So, um, I want to, you know, ask you early on this show, um, you don't have much of a cheat meal this week, but you did have, I heard you had McDonald's. What is your go-to at McDonald's? My go-to at McDonald's, look, you know, McDonald's is just one of those things that, no, it's, it, every once in a while, you got to just go back and remember that it's actually pretty good. Actually, it tastes pretty good. I went back um, and I had the double quarter pounder with cheese, large fries. Um, I usually get two apple pies, but this time of year, they have the holiday pies which are like little custard pies. So I did two of those and um, some nuggets. Nice. And that was, yeah. What did you get? The, did you get the 10 piece, the 20 piece? I got the six. I just got the six. I got the six this time. I wasn't One thing, real if you're gonna If you're going to frequent McDonald's, I highly recommend using their app because their app is excellent. Um, you can literally just like, you know, give them a code on your phone. You don't have to take out your debit card or cash. And then you get points every time you use, use your account, you use the app. Just giving them code. And also there's deals. So um, there's always large fries for $1. All you have to do is uh, buy something else and you get large fries for $1. That's once a week. They have free medium fry Friday. Um, and again, this is not a promotion for McDonald's or anything, but um, you know, you mentioned that you had McDonald's and it got me thinking about something I read recently. There's something called a, a Mick gold card. It's free McDonald's for life. Um, that sounds like amazing. <laughs> for anyone who's able to get that, but I think there's like stipulations and it's really tough getting the McGold card. It's like almost impossible, but that would be, that would be freaking cool to get a McGold card. But yeah, Joe, I, I mean, honestly, you know, if you're going to go to McDonald's like once a week, once every two weeks, whatever the hell it is and get some food, start building those points up. Cause they, they accumulate pretty <laughs> damn quick. I'll think about it, bro. I, will, I, I told you a long time ago, I like the fact that you you know all these deals and it should be a, a pretty much a semi-regular segment on here is you telling everybody about different deals here and there because you're very astute when it comes to that kind of thing. And I appreciate that. And if I were going to go, but like I said, I'm a once in a while, once in a while with McDonald's, I'll drop in just to and remember. Think about McDonald's you know. and um Think about the McDonald's. Um, something that came to my mind. Did you hear about that Arby's manager, Stephen Sharp, who uh, who uh, peed in the milkshake machine? No, my God, because no, I didn't. This Joker, you got me saying Joker now. I never really Joker was not part of my. I'm calling everybody Joker now. <laughs> I li- I like it. I heard it used, and I heard it used by Brian Dawkins talking about his son. Like this Joker wakes me up at five o'clock every morning or something like that. And I thought it was just it was a term of endearment almost. It's not it real. That's why I mean it. When, and sometimes so, I guess I do mean it in the in other ways too. But it's a good term and it keeps us from using excessive yeah. profanity. Go ahead. Exactly. So this 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 uh, sicko, call him a sicko instead of a Joker, I guess. Um, he peed into the milkshake machine at Arby's, and the only reason they found out is because he was being investigated for child pornography. Oh my God. Um, and they happened to review like videotapes while watching him or something like that. Uh, they found a 16 second urination video. It's like, what the hell's going on with this world? And like, how often does this happen? Say they weren't like watching him. Say they weren't monitoring him. Because I've heard crazy stories about these fast food workers, like, you know, wiping their ass with the fucking, the bun, um, you know, doing all sorts of stuff. Well, you know, Let's hope like, that's, but, you know, you don't find out about it. You like to be not so cynical, but then you hear about this, this sicko, like, I guess they're willing to hire anybody at some of these places. And, you know, I don't know if he had previous charges, but he's being investigated for child porn. And then next thing you know, he's peeing in a milkshake maker. Talk about a horrible person. You know, I, I think, well, you're right. And I, I think that again, you're looking at the aberration as opposed to, I, I wouldn't start like you were talking about overthinking and this and that. I wouldn't start every time you walk into look and you know what? You have to really pick some, some Arby's are better than other Arby's. You know what I mean? It depends, you know, it depends. It's been really, it's some Arby's. You, that's why they have different star ratings and this and that. It's like, I want to go to this one or go to that one. I go to this one. You know, I think I'll stay away from that one. Um, but uh, I wouldn't worry about um, anything, you know, in that. I think that, that's like I said, I think it's the aberration, not the rule, but it's, it's very disconcerting to say the least, believe me. Um, I, I, I'd like, I'd like to smack him upside the head is what I'd like to do. <laughs> I mean, it just, it, it really angers me that someone could have that much disregard and just want to be a little smart ass to that degree to be that antisocial. 
to urinate in someone else's food, I uh, that it, it it irritates me to no end. And um, like I said um, before, I'm a, not a super religious guy. I have certain beliefs, and we fall short sometimes. Sometimes we get angry. Like if, if I had this joker near me or something, I might like have a few words for him. And that's not exactly yeah. consistent with, with you know, but it's we're human and we, we're going to miss the mark sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes something like that could set me off. And I don't think I'm alone in that regard yeah. either. Hopefully so he ends up in prison or he's already in prison and he'll have uh, some justice served while he's in prison, if you know what I mean. Yes, exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. So um, do you play chess at all? Have you ever played chess? You know, when I was a kid, fifth grade, sixth grade, played a little bit of chess, like, you know, okay. but. I was never like, good. Yeah, I was I was in the chess club in like fifth or sixth grade, and I got really into it. I had my mom buy me a nice chess board, and I really started studying it. But I just gave it up because I was more played sports and I had to focus on school. I didn't have the the mental bandwidth to really focus on chess at that time. But I do regret um, not really getting good at chess or learning an instrument. Um, Howard Stern always talks about how was, one of his biggest regrets is not you know mastering an instrument. Now he focused on other areas. Um, he, he's good at photography. He's good at painting and drawing. Um, he's also very good at chess. Um, but that's, just, you know, me thinking out loud here, but anyway, I want to talk about chess for a little bit, cause there's a big controversy. It's, you know, New York times, you know, kind of updates what's going on with this, with this, with this case. Uh, there's a, there's a, a player named Hans Neiman. He's not a highly ranked player and he had been accused of cheating online a couple of times, but he faced Magnus Carlson in a big tournament. And, uh, Apparently, like he he beat him, and Magnus Carlson's like, "There's no way this guy could beat me." He, he's 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 convinced the guy cheated, uh, but there's no proof he cheated. Now, just for you hearing this and not knowing a lot about it, if the guy's adamant that he didn't cheat, there's not allowed. This, there's no cell phones allowed. There's none of this allowed. They're, they're very like strict with what the regulations and you know that prevent cheating. Um, and he had previous you know history of cheating online, but. He vowed to like, you know, never do it again until become a great player. And he's, he's been proven. He's been practicing. He's, he's played like, I think like a thousand more games than, than Magnus Carlson has played in the past couple of years. Like he's playing at a higher clip than the best player in the world. Um, is it inconceivable that he, you know, he just beat the guy or do you think that he cheated? Do you think Magnus Carlson is kind of unjustly tarnishing his name or, you know, the guy, what do you think? What's your first impression? First impression is probably, um, probably not very forthright. Like you that you think that he possibly cheated. I, I probably, based on what I've heard, I think that, yeah. That's the sad part because it's like, what if, what if he didn't, what if he's really, you know, turned his like career around and he's been practicing like a madman. And then he happens to beat the number one player in the world who has like computer, you know, chess.com acquired Magnus Carlson's like training program. He's well-respected and they have a lot to lose. If Magnus Carlson's reputation is tarnished and he lost to this, like, you know, player is not nearly ranked as high as Magnus. Um, and they can't figure out how he cheated. There's speculation that he used like a sex toy. He put a sex toy like in his butt and he got vibrations from an outside source of vibrating to give him like, you know, what to do with the moves. That sounds so, you know, so like, you know, intense and so like, you know, out of the ordinary and like so uncomfortable for a player is playing chess. I highly doubt that happened, but it sounds like you're just, you're hearing the basic like initial you know, facts of the case and you're thinking the guy, the guy cheated, even if there's no way to cheat. It's kind of you, like, you, know, you asked me what my initial impression yeah, no, was. And I, boom, you're, you're, you're the people. So, you know, right. here, that's your my opinion. initial impression. I like doing live stuff like this, where you don't have a background in it because it gives the audience like an idea of like what the objective and what the average person is thinking um, mm-hmm. when they hear certain things is, you know, the might, people might see him like, you know, that guy cheated. He, he shouldn't beat Magnus, but um, that's going to segue into sports, I guess, um, you know, we have a couple of big games this weekend uh, for the Cowboys and Eagles. Um, also, I first want to talk about the Yankees re-signed Aaron Judge. I believe they gave him nine years, $360 million. Um, everyone was kind of ner- everyone, the Yankees fans at least, were nervous that he was going to go elsewhere. Um, but we got him back. He's a hell of a player. Um, and, uh, you know, he could have went to San Francisco. I think San Francisco probably offered him a little bit more money. I, the number I heard was $360 million. After the Yankees gave him, and he, you know, he stayed with New York, and also he's he's going to be the captain now. I think he might have a C on his jersey. I don't know if they have, you know, he's going to have a real C on his jersey or not, but he's he's going to be the captain, and you know, he's pretty much going to be a Yankee for life at this point, um, you know. And also the Phillies, your team, 
Yes, sir. Uh, gave $300 million to a shortstop, Trey Turner. Uh, how you feeling about that? I'm liking it a lot. I, I watched that guy when he was with the Dodgers. I mean, this guy was, you know, he's just, he's really, he's really good defensively and he offensively, he's got power bomb beyond belief for, you know, for a shortstop. He's quick as hell. And he's just a, he was always like, every time he came up, it was like, it seemed like, you know, he, he was just a, a beast. Every time I've, I've seen him and watched that team. And I'm not I'm not sad that the Dodgers have lost quite a bit of talent. I think in the last couple of m- month or two, but um, no, I think it's a great a great pickup. And we also got a pitch pitcher from the Mets who was really good last year. Really good pitcher. I can't right off the top um, um, remember his name. Is it Taywan Walker? Yeah, Walker. Uh, they got Walker. So now you've got you know you've got um, you've got great right. Because we've got Nola, we've got um, oh my goodness! Why? I mean, how can I not think of the thing? About the, you guys basically have a lot of a lot of former Mets, you know. You got you got Syndergaard, <laughs> you got Syndergaard right? Well, Syndergaard, he's he's going to. I don't even know if he's going to be around. Walker is who I'm thinking of, right? Walker. Yeah. We got Walker. We got Nola. Um, after Walker and Nola, we have um, Zach Wheeler. No, no, the third go. Uh, Wheeler's whom think I'm not Walker. I'm sorry. Wheeler, Nola. Then we've got um um is it Sanchez? I'm I mean, thinking of I'm a Yankees fan, but you know uh, I'm thinking of you guys have you got Angel. Have I think his first team. name is Angel. Angel okay. Sanchez. I think that's him. The guy he's really he left hander, really good. And now we got Walker. You got four studs there. You know? Exactly. You guys are going to be dangerous for sure. Coming off Angel Suarez. Today, Angel Suarez. Possibly. I mean, I don't follow the Phillies that closely, but, you know. Um, well, they're America's team. How are you not following? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so what do you think about uh, – because there's, there's – not to talk too much baseball here, but there's Hall, Hall of Fame, like, uh, finalists and whatnot. Um, do you think Jason Worth has any shot at the Hall of Fame? Not that from what I can remember, but I didn't follow it really <laughs> he a, avidly. He was a hell of a player, and he was known for like his big beard and everything, and his you know he's like the everyman type of player. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the grew a cool cool beard. And he used to wear the he you was know clutch too, but I don't long hair. Hall, and I don't think he was a hall of famer, but I think I saw his name in like he was in discussion for they're voting on it. I don't think he has any. I, I have to look at his numbers more closely, but I'd want that guy on my team any day, of course. But um, hall of famer is a whole different story, you know. I kind of agree with you, not only in baseball, but across the sports world. I think the Hall of Fame has become, you know, the Hall of Pretty Damn Good. And I, it's not the Hall of Pretty Damn Good, man. It's the Hall of Greatness, right? It's the, it's, you got, you can't just let everybody in. All right. And the marginal guys, sometimes they don't make it. But if, 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 if it's not going to be, if, if we're going to start really bending and bending and it's, I think they let too many people into these and I think they need to redefine you know, what the Hall of Fame should be across the board. That's just my, my opinion. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think the guys who did steroids deserve to get in one day, like Bonds and uh, McGuire and Clemens? think they deserve to? It's, it's, a, it's a really, really good question. Um, I don't see, and I don't know. I don't know if Barry Bonds didn't take steroids that he still doesn't hit as many home runs as he hit. He's just not going to hit them as far, right? So instead, of, instead of hitting like yeah, a, like a four hundred you know, fast twitch speed and all sorts of stuff with your 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 reaction and your yeah, your, the, the, I guess it, yeah, I guess I guess when you really think about it, but you know he was. I think he, what they did was more egregious than what Pete Rose did. Yeah, I agree because Pete Rose was like. You know, he, he never it, bet on it, his team to lose. Yeah, it was a whole different type of cheating, you know. He bet on baseball, but he bet on his team to win, which would suggest he'd never do anything unscrupulous, right? You know, if he get if he bet against his team, that's different. But he never did, and no one ever proved that he did. But it didn't matter. He was quote gambling in baseball on yeah. baseball while being a manager. I think, um, unless you have, you have more thoughts on that. Well, I just I just think what what those guys did was far more egregious than what Pete Rose did. But go ahead. Um, speaking of gambling, my bad gambling beat of the week is uh, I placed a bet on Lionel Messi to score a goal and Argentina to win. Now, when you're betting soccer, 
you have to bet on them to win in regulation. So if it goes to extra time, extra time is there's two 15 minute periods. If it's tied after the end of regulation, um, then you don't get the win. So I, th- I was feeling good. You know, Lionel Messi scored a penalty kick. The goal was secured. Argentina went up two nothing. I was feeling very good. And then I'm getting alerts on my watch at an Apple watch. And it says uh, the other team scored. I'm like, okay, the other team scored. What the hell's going on? The, the Netherlands scored. Um, so it was two to one. And then it goes in, it's the 90th minute and there's extra time. And I'm thinking there's only four minutes of extra time. And I'm like, oh my God, please just let this game end. Cause you know, I, it was a big bet for me. You know, I didn't bet a ton of money, but I would have won combined with both bets, probably like around a hundred bucks or whatever, which is like big for me with betting, you know, at least. Um, but in the 11th minute of extra of injury time, cause they had injury time at the end of 90 minutes. It's all how many times the ref had to stop the game, how many injuries were there substitutions they they put all the time together and they add it to the end of it so it's like it's 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 90 minutes and there's a plus sign for however they're adding so apparently there's 11 extra minutes of injury time uh and they scored in the 11th minute like the last minute of injury time and i'm like oh my god so my, i lost my bet because argentina didn't win they won the game but they didn't win in regulation they won in penalty kicks they won an app you know extra time um after regulation was over so that's my bad gambling beat of the week um I also want to talk a little bit briefly about Villanova basketball. I was fortunate enough to sit in the first row at the UPenn game on Wednesday at the Finneran Pavilion in Pennsylvania. Um, I had pre-game pre-game drinks in the in the Fitzgerald Club with some members of the VU Sports Board. I enjoyed that very much, getting to know those guys better because you only really know them from the online message board. Um, they're great people. Um, and Villanova won, but the great thing is. Uh, Villanova has turned their season around. Now they have Cam Whitmore. Uh, he's an NBA big time blue chip prospect. He's likely going to be a top five pick if he stays healthy. Um, he had, you know, just a, a window and a um, into like how you know good he's going to be in the NBA and why he's an NBA player and why so early. He's built like a grown man. He's already very muscular. He's super athletic. And he had this one play where he went up for a layup with his left hand or something like that. He missed a layup going over. You know, the guy was defending it. But in, after he missed the layup, the, the ball was still bouncing on the rim. He jumped up before the ball could get down to the ground for it to be rebounded by him or someone else, and he dunked it with his right hand. It was phenomenal. I was there. I saw it in person. I was amazed, and I gave a high five to the gentleman sitting next to me who I met that night. His name is Lou. Very nice guy. Um, so we had we shared that moment at the game, and just I saw the guy. You know, I saw the guy in person, Cam Whitmore, and this guy is phenomenal. He's just getting his legs because he had a broken thumb. He had surgery on it. And he hasn't been practicing with the team. Then they they played Boston College today. They won by over twenty points. He had like thirteen points in thirteen minutes in the first half. He turns. He they makes our team look so much better. It's amazing what what a team can. They, people think the team's not that good, but then you add an NBA player, and then you add that Justin Moore is going to come back in January probably. Our point guard who we lost before the Final Four last year probably cost us a national title. So Villanova is five and five. We're back at five hundred. Um, you know, the season's looking good now, as long as Cam stays healthy and Justin comes back in January. So I'm feeling good about that. Um, because, okay. you know, some people are doubting us, but I want to move on a little bit to, uh, the football. So the Cowboys and Eagles this week, cause that's what we really, cause I'm a Cowboys fan. You're an Eagles fan. That's why we talk a lot about the Cowboys and Eagles. Um, they, you know, they have a couple easy games. I know you're going to say, oh, the Giants is never really an easy game, but I think the Eagles should really handle the Giants. And actually think about the Giants, you know, they're a way better team than the giants, but you know, it's all about matchups and coaching and things like that. Um, what do you think about the Eagles versus giants this week? What I think about the Eagles versus giants this week is what the Eagles can't do is allow to happen. What happened when they played Washington a couple weeks back on Monday night. Now our football team is much better than that, that football team, but they managed to come in here and they managed to beat us. And, you can't allow yourself to be in a situation where a couple bad bounces can determine the game. If you exert yourself and your dominance over another team, those couple of, of fumbles or that's not going to matter anyway because you're you're that much far ahead. So I think they have to come out and they can't let the Giants hang around, and they have to come out and take care of business. And I don't know, I don't know. They, you know, every time I think, every time I've said this year, and I think they will. They dilly dally around, so I'm going to I'm going to see now. You know, they better come out of there with a W, but I want to see a nice shiny W. I don't want to see what we just made it out of there. Jeez, no, 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 no. And especially the last thing, the last thing I heard was that that's that's if uh, Saquon does play. If Saquon doesn't play, this this can't be even close. 
Sorry. Yeah, With our I football team. I don't think that because if they don't have a running game, if they don't have a Saquon, Eagles run defense is already very good. Yep. Um, and Daniel, I'm not disrespecting Daniel Jones, but he certainly isn't a guy to be afraid of, you know? No, especially without the running game, because there's, no, there's no play action then. I mean, so, you know, and I, I understand we're getting Maddox back. Maddox is, anybody who knows this football team knows how valuable that guy is. He's been out for about five weeks now. He's, he's the, he covers the slot receiver, and he's damn good at what he does. And his absence is felt. Do you remember that night a couple weeks back when uh, that kid from the, the Love or whatever his name is from the Green Bay Packers threw a little crossing route to Jordan Love, yep. Yeah, and threw a little crossing, like a 10-yard crossing route, and the guy took it to the house. It never happens with Maddox in here. Maddox spikes that ball down on the ground. <laughs> I'm telling you. So I'm glad to see Maddox back. Let me knock on wood. He's injury. He just oh, seems to always get hurt. So I'm glad to see he's back, and hopefully he stays healthy for the rest of the way. What do you think about your Cowboys? So we're playing the Texans for the first time since 2018. We lost to them in 2018. Um the Texans are like one in 10 and one or something like the record is horrific. It's awful. Um, I haven't really paid close attention to the Texans this year. I think they still have Brandon cooks in the team. I think Davis Mills, a young, young quarterback, still the quarterback. Um, you know, we should win very easily, but you know, I say this with like very like, you know, trepidation kind of, because the Cowboys, it's one of those guaranteed games. They call these trap games, right? Uh-huh. It's so easy. Um, I can see us losing for sure, but I don't think we're going to lose. I think we're going to win because we've been kind of on a roll lately, especially our offense, you know, putting up 50, over 50 points, you know, that type of stuff. But yeah, we should win. Well, that so, offense didn't put up 50 there. They put up well, no, the, the, the team did though. The team. Right. Did. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I'm yeah. sure. But yeah, your offense is playing much better. I'll tell you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. So, but my point is, is that the Cowboys have one of the most like high scoring offenses. I, I didn't look at the numbers recently. Yes, but they I, do. I can they guess do. that we have one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. You know, it's all a combination of things. The defense sets up to the offense, right? Because the defense right. puts your offense in good field position, the offense as well. They don't have to go a certain amount of yards. It's all, it's all, you know, it's very like symbiotic, the relationship between the <laughs> offense and the defense. Right. But um, yeah, I expect us to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if we lose either. Um, and I don't even know, you know, tomorrow's my, my mother's birthday. Um, so I don't even know if I can even watch the game. Plus it's, they're playing the Texans and the Eagles and giants are on at one o'clock too. So I don't even know if I can watch it. Cause it's probably not a national TV. It would probably be like a red zone situation where I'm just like catching the highlights on red zone when they score touchdowns. Um, but uh, another, you know, another thing that happened on Thursday night this week was Baker Mayfield had a phenomenal comeback win for the Rams over the 49er or the Raiders. Right. Um, yeah. And that guy's, you know, he was basically thrown the trash by the Panthers. They didn't want him anymore. Probably ate some of his contract and paid, they're paying him now, even though he's on the, the Rams. But, uh, you know, it was very, it was a very strategic. We're talking about chess. It was a very chess like move that Sean McVay made, the coach of the Rams, in signing Baker Mayfield and claiming him off waivers because the 49ers wanted Baker Mayfield. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then he goes out and then he goes out and beats the Raiders on the last second drive. Um, the guy has some magic in him, right? He's got he's got sparks where that's why he was the number one pick in the Heisman winner, because you know he shows these moments where he has the ability to be a good quarterback, but just not consistent enough, you know? Yeah, I, I mean he he can make several throws. His arm is a lot stronger than I realized it was. I saw him crank one a couple a, a few times. I saw him really you know let let it rip, and he's got a good strong arm. Um, I just don't know if he's got, I don't know if it's, if it's a thing where he's not seeing everything he's supposed to see or is in re- anticipation. He doesn't throw the ball as early as he should. Cause that's, it, it's tough to play quarterback in the National Football League because you got to drop back and see your spot. And you, you know, when you're playing in the park with your boys, your guy's five yards open and you drill him the ball. This isn't like that. There, you, your guy's running a route and his back, you're still looking at the name on his back. You're throwing the ball to the left or the right of him two to three yards based on how he supposed to cut and you got to remember which way he's going to cut and you release that ball way before by the time he turns around that ball is like about two yards from him so it, it, that's what i'm talking about that anticipation that kind of a thing i don't know if he has that i don't know what his weakness is but he's got he's just not on that upper tier and maybe the, those couple things are are things that are his weaknesses i don't know but it's hard to play quarterback in the national football league it really is yeah um and i guess uh talk about basketball really quick i'm a, I'm a i don't know if i said this on the podcast yet but i'm a i'm a really diehard new york knicks fan um i grew up a chicago bulls fan because michael jordan is one of my idols he's a legend i was obsessed with him as a kid 
Uh, but then I couldn't, I couldn't still root for the bulls after I retired. It was like, you know, I couldn't get into it. I tried to root for the bulls, but I couldn't, but then I started rooting a lot for the Knicks and uh, I have a really passion for the Knicks. Uh, we have a Villanova point guard this year, Jalen Brunson. He's doing great. The team is, you know, they're 13 and 13, they're 500. They're in eighth place in the East, Eastern conference. Um, they're beating, you know, beating bad teams. They're not always beating good teams, but every Nick game is like a roller coaster. It's always comes, always comes down to the wire. Even if we have a 20 point lead, we'll blow it. Then the game will come down to the wire. We'll come back from crazy deficits. Um, you know, but the Knicks, the Knicks are kind of like, you know, average this year, but they're better than they were. I still think we need one more piece. We need one more big time player. Um, cause Julius Randall is not a number one option. Jalen Brunson is a hell of a point guard. I don't know if you could put him in the category of not being a number one option. Cause he's, a, he's an awesome player, but we need one more, you know, I think we need like a shooting guard, a, a dominant, like shooting guard, a guy who could really just like, you know, get his own shot and do a bunch of things and spread the floor. Um, but the Sixers, uh, they're all, they're only one game ahead of the Knicks and they played one last game. Uh, uh, what, what do you think about the Sixers this year? Well, I think Maxie is the Maxie is a tremendous player. That's, that's really on the come. I mean, he's only a second or third year. And I'm they, any trade that they've ever talked to anyone about, they, they would tell people he's not going to be part of it. They're keeping him and he's going to really, really be something. His absence is really being felt. That's a, but even with him, it didn't look right this year. It just didn't look right this year yet. Now look, there's a lot of basketball to be played and James Harden is looking better. He's looking in better condition. But they've got to get Maxi back. And with Maxi back at full throttle and Embiid playing his best ball and Harden showing, you know, of what he, a little bit of what he Harden, used to as be. As long as Harden tries, if he just puts effort right. in. Right. They, they should be able to compete. But my, my thing is here, I don't know who's going to slow down that team from Boston. They are just. They are just grooving. Yeah, but they're, they're, the Boston's relying on the three-point shot a lot. So you could beat them if they're not hitting their threes. That's one thing I'll say because they're, okay. they're good. They're twenty-one and five. They're miles ahead of uh, mm-hmm. well, the Bucks are nineteen and six. Um, so it's like the Bucks in Boston are the cream of the crop in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and surprisingly, the Western Conference, the top two teams are the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. When you see the Pelicans in first place, it's like whoa. But they have Zion Williamson is healthy this year. Did you see the other night when he did that three sixty dunk with like winning? He they were up by sixteen. Yeah, yeah it, was end, and, it was the end of the game. Was, did I you saw, see that? And did you saw, see what saw, happened? I saw a funny Barstool Sports tweet about it because there was like the, the other, the other. It's like the other person, the other team said game. They're like, okay, that, that's game. The game's over, and then they put Zion and they put Zion like um, um, the two, the two dots, whatever they call that. Um, not- Zion's response is that three colon dunk with no- <laughs> a colon. Okay, colon. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did put- you say? What, what happened with the dunk? Well, did you see that he was up by 15 or 16, yeah, whatever it was, and he anyway, decided yeah. to do that? Yeah, exactly. And did you see the reaction from the other team? Did I mean, you see what ensued? Didn't see too much of it. Let's they were gone. They two groups, and they looked like a baseball, uh, you know, bench clear. I mean, the two teams were up. And this was my point just a little bit the other. I'm not going to get too deep into it. That, uh, Zion, he's a great, he's a fine young man, great young man. He didn't need to do that. He didn't need to antagonize I, I love unnecessarily. Stuff like that, That's like, he, you know. Well, it, it, you know, I, I just, it, it almost turned into, really turned into something. And what he did wasn't even that bad as opposed to like, you know, standing over a dude and looking down at him and stuff, that kind of thing. And I'm not going to get back to that. I love everybody. It's a certain mode of behavior. But what went That's on during I'm... the game? What if what if people are trash talking him, calling him overweight, and calling him washed, and calling him a joke, and calling him overrated? Well, All then he should just trash talk it back. Necessarily, you know, necessarily. He, let, he let his actions speak. He, he's what? like, you know, this is this is this is this this is the this is the this is the period on the game. This is my period. This is my exclamation point. I'm going to dunk on your ass, and they're going to, you know, he knows in the future they're not going to forget that. They couldn't want to retaliate, especially on the court, but. I don't know. I love seeing stuff like that. It was, you know, it was one of those things. It's like, you know, plus the fans like it too. And that was well, on the highlights. I'm all for that. Type m- of stuff. My only point is that sometimes we can get a little carried away and, and, and create that kind of a thing unnecessarily. Now, actually, I mean, I'll buy in a little bit because it's part of the, it's actually part of the game. But the thing of it here is there, there, there are unwritten rules in sports, you know, there, you know, that there are unwritten rules. If you're up by 11 runs, you know, you know, you don't steal third base or something like that. And, you know, with two, yeah. you know, if, if, and if you're up by a certain amount, 
of basketball with like a certain amount of time left. It's like, all right, we're good. We're good. He, he violated one of those unwritten rules. That's all. And I'm just, I'm just saying in general, let's antagonize each other a little less and just ball out. Just yeah, play no, good ball. I, he, you, know, you know what I mean? It's one of those things that like, you know, I, I got where you're coming from too. I heard every word you said, and I can dig it. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, um, I, I just compare today's athlete with with yesterday's athlete and i just can't imagine and look the celtics and sixers almost went out at a couple different i've seen i saw all kind of there was all kind of and the lakers and celtics in one final but it was a hard foul here or there it was something like that but it wasn't it wasn't you know you know slamming on a guy and staring him down or if he falls in front of you standing over him and and kind of it wasn't any of that kind of stuff and i just think it's it's gotten a little bit out of hand today and again it's everybody it's not any particular group or anybody it's everybody i I, i'm it's that that type of behavior you know people don't bother me there's certain behaviors bother me you know from wherever they happen to you know manifest but anyway yeah, so let's let's wrap up the show there. Um, I thank everyone for listening. Uh, I believe this is the tenth episode. Uh, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on TuneIn. We might try to get on other platforms. Uh, the numbers seem to be pretty good so far. Uh, we have an organic growth. We're really happy with how the show's going. Um, again, I'm also on TikTok, showing review stuff. I'm doing food reviews. And thanks everyone for listening. Any last words, Joe? No, I just want to say thanks again. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Take care, everyone.